Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Val Cisco, dropping some knowledge about Anchor. Guys, have you ever wanted to record your own podcast? Don't you want millions and millions of people to listen to what you have to say, whether it's about Zeus, whether it's about sports, whether it's about everything that's going on in the world of quarantine? Guys, what are you waiting for? Download Anchor. Anchor basically is a one-stop shop for all your podcast needs. It has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Number two, it's free. Guys, it's free. There's not a lot of freebies out there, so grab this. And of course, Anchor will distribute your podcast so you can be heard from different places like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and many, many, many more. You can make money off your podcast too with minimum listenership. So right there, guys, like, listen, this is a no-brainer. Download Anchor. It's pretty fantastic. I love it. Hell, thank you, Anchor, for giving me the platform to speak about all the random things that I do. Uh, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So please, once again, download Anchor. You can download it off the Apple Play Store, the, the Google Store. I don't know if you guys have Blackberries out there still. Uh whatever is out there download it it's freaking phenomenal you guys won't regret it take care ciao What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to another great edition of Dragon's Den. Always brought to you by Sideshow Conversations. It's me, the bounty hunter of the hour, Val Cisco, And, of course, I am so excited because we're going to be talking about one of my favorite animes of all time. And you know what? We're going to be doing this session by session. It's an anime that's captivated audiences around the world from the lights of japan to the united kingdom to the united states it's a generational piece where people from the late 1990s and the late 2000s can actually get together and embrace this anime because of its diverse features and themes and because the animation still holds up to today cowboy bebop is one of the best animes known to our generation so um, let's get started with some history on Cowboy Bebop before we get into session one. Cowboy Bebop is a 1998 Japanese anime television series animated by Sunrise featuring a production team led by director Shinsuko Watanabe. Basically, it's a 26 episode or sessions series. That is set in the year 2071 and follows the lives of a bounty hunter and his crew traveling on their spaceship called the Bebop. Cowboy Bebop explores philosophical concepts including existentialism 
and loneliness. So it's a very, very provocative and deep, deep anime. You see these themes throughout the whole series. Every episode has something different that you can learn about. You can watch it about four or five times and get something from it each time you watch it. They're that smart. Of course, the series premiered in Japan on Tokyo TV from April 3rd until June 26, 1998, broadcasting only 12 episodes and a special due to its controversial adult-themed content. And it is very controversial. We'll get to those episodes on a later day. <clears throat> also, as well, too, the anime series was dubbed in English by Animes and Zero Limit Productions and was licensed by Bandai Entertainment in North America and now is licensed by Funimation. We got a chance to witness Cowboy Bebop in the United States by little show that used to come on the Cartoon Network called Toonami, which gave us different animes to really view at that time in the late 90s, early 2000s. For a person like me, Toonami was very fundamental in my anime viewing. Because of Toonami, I got to watch things like Dragon Ball Z or Cowboy Bebop. Things like Inuyasha and, and Big O and things of that nature just really inspired me to to gravitate to different cultures. When it doesn't have to be anime in general, but comic books or or manga or different things of that nature. It just pulled me into like I don't know nerdum, and I just was embraced. It was just a fantastic ride, and it all really started with Cowboy Bebop. So now that you know the history of Cowboy Bebop and kind of what happened and why I'm so hyped about this. Let's get into um, the first session of the hour. This is called Session 1 Asteroid Blues. I gotta say this as well too. One thing about Cowboy Bebop, if you guys are gonna be watching this with me, this rewatch essentially, you're gonna love the music. The music is so essential to the series the mixture of jazz and hip-hop and western themes is just fantastic and definitely an asteroid blues you get this from the get there's points where it's just dead air silence but you feel the emotions poured out of these characters from the look from the design from their movements and then you get into full brawls with jazz themes or western themes it's so fun and fantastic let's get into it let's get into it uh, in the past, we start off, um, you hear church bells, and it's very eerie, a very gloomy palette that's right across the whole screen, kind of like grays and dark blues. Um, you basically see a bouquet of flowers falling down the street, and also we see a couple of gunshots and several men being killed. Um, definitely, we're going to... Uh, see something like this in the later episodes it kind of gives you a prelude to what you're going to be seeing in this series it's kind of like an easter egg right in the beginning of this episode where we see Sp the main character spike spiegel actually go against a couple of goons and then it automatically goes to present day in present day on the bebop traveling to hyperspace near mars jet has cooked up his specialty bell peppers and beef. Of course, it has no beef because Jed and Spike, these bounty hunters, are pretty broke. Basically, these guys are bounty hunters, but they spend all their money on recovery. Whether it's the ships that they drive or fly, whether it's damage control, 
they owe a lot of money half the time whenever they get their bounties. So essentially, they're working for pennies every time they actually pick somebody up. Spike is actually doing some martial arts in the background. You get a sense of his character, very lean, um, almost cartoonish, you know. You see his feet are just way too bigger than the whole body, but I guess it's it, it shows you the kind of character he is. He's very fun, very lanky, very whimsical, but at the same time, he can be serious when he wants to be. Um, you see him very dedicated to his martial arts to, to the point where when Jet interrupts him, um, he kind of has to you know take a couple of steps back and say, okay, I'm back in again. Um, I like the first interaction we get with Jet and, or at least our first interaction we get with Jet and Spike. You can definitely see that they have that brother bond. It's not really um, a worker's uh, type of environment. More like a band of misfits kind of together working for a better cause or a greater cause or hell, just working just to work. Um, there's a definitely chemistry between Jet. Jet, we definitely see, um, is the older of the two. Um, balding hair, grizzled veteran, scars on his body, has a mechanical arm that's so badass as well, too. Spike Spiegel, like I said, very slender, very lanky. Um, usually rocks a blue suit with a yellow uh, shirt underneath with greenish hair. Kind of resembles like almost an afro. You gotta see it to believe it. It works. It works for his character. <laughs> Anyway, let's get back into the story right here. So we get to see our main characters chow down and bicker amongst themselves, and we get our first glimpse of the big bad of the episode, Asimov. Part of a syndicate who killed his own men to escape a confrontation between his group and an enemy syndicate. Of course, Spike really isn't interested whatsoever at this moment in time. He looks at the price point on his head at 2.5 million Wulongs as petty cash. And he's really, 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 really downplaying this character altogether. Saying he's a small fry. He doesn't go for the small fries whatsoever. Give me a better, better bounty. Jet does remind him, he puts him in his place like I was saying before, that they have no money like that left. And if he just wants to eat some steamed vegetables for the rest of his life, he better get on this bounty and start whooping ass to get that 2.5 million oolongs. He does give him a tip that Asimov has fled to an asteroid named Tijuana, which I found hilarious because uh, you look at any of these, like uh, I guess, uh, bad guys in the United States, you get these movies where people are fleeing the country and they want to go down to Mexico, they want to go down to Tijuana, like uh, a dust till dawn, if you will, to get away from the cops. I found that pretty funny. The asteroid was named Tijuana, and of course, they nickname it TJ. He also bribed Spike, saying, you want meat so bad, I heard they have some good carnitas down in Tijuana, which I started cracking up. I don't even remember that part uh, when I was a kid, but looking at it now, it had me rolling. So, we get to see the, the asteroid Tijuana is policed on each side, um, with, I guess, government officials surrounding the whole entire asteroid. It's really policed, and inside the asteroid, there is a city that resembles... Mexico slash New York City. It's very urban, very fast-paced, but it does have some mom-and-pop shops that will remind you of uh, maybe like a saloon or a Wild Wild West uh, setting. Um, we get to see Asimov enter a bar called the El Rey with his pregnant girlfriend that we think his name is Katrina. 
Um, basically, we see him talking to a bartender trying to make this exchange for his drug called Bloody Eye. Bloody Eye is a drug that enhances I don't know what. This episode, I'm not sure if it's your focus, if it's your strength, but it definitely does make you go a bit crazy. At the same time, it's supposed to make you extremely focused. Uh, the bartender doesn't trust the drug at first and wants a sample, or at least wants proof that it's real. So we get to see Asimov take it, and his addiction really, really shows at that part. He's looking at his lips, he's loving the fact that he's taking this drug and showing them, yeah, this is the real deal. At the same time, we get to see three men enter the bar, not even enter, they burst through the bar, and this is where you really see the craziness of Cowboy Bebop. It's full throttle guns, blasty, shotguns, handguns, you know, people getting shot, bloods everywhere, glasses everywhere. We get to see um, Katrina just on the side of the bar stool, just with her own handgun, shooting at these guys. And of course, Asmav comes out of nowhere and just face palms people, ripping throats, shooting people, looking at people in slow motion. But in my opinion, I think this is him. I ultra focused and just wreaking havoc, leaving a wasteland behind him as they escape this bar. So we're not sure if that's his men or if that's the syndicate that he was um, rivaling with. So that's pretty interesting at that moment in time. You make your own um, distinction at that episode. Um, we get to go back to Spike and he's on his um, his own personal ship called the Swordfish, which is pretty dope. It's like a red, you know, sparrow-looking spaceship. I love it. It looks awesome, awesome, awesome. And he goes to... Um, see this person called Laughing Bull. Um, looks like a Native American. Um, just chilling out there. They're both smoking peace pipes. And he's looking for guidance, I guess. Spike is a very spiritual person, but not a spiritual person. But he always does look for guidance. And, of course, Laughing Bull does tell him that whether it's a tip or whether it's actual fate, that where the whereabouts that he'll find Asimov. So that was pretty fun. You get to see the spiritual side of of Spike, or we get to see that he has an inside man. Really isn't um, known in this episode whatsoever, but keep your eye on that. We get the first interaction with Spike and Asimov in the bathroom, where Spike's just taking a piss, and Asimov just comes in. You know, he's on his come down from the bloody eye. He's washing his face. He gets nervous that he sees Spike because he doesn't know who he is. And basically, Spike just makes a joke and leaves. So Asimov is just relieved at that moment in time. He bumps into Katrina, at, uh, Katarina, Katarina, excuse me, people, Katarina, um, while she's holding on some groceries at a gas station. And he chit chats with her for a little bit, um, just making some small talk as he's filling up some gas himself. Um, we hear that Katarina really wants to go to uh, Mars and that it's full of rich people and lavish lifestyles. And we learn that Spike is born on Mars, so he doesn't see anything special. It's just for the rich and people judging you all the time. But that's where she wants to go ultimately. And, of course, after this chit-chat's over, we know that Spike knows who she is and who Asimov is. They're like, okay, so enough of the chit-chat. I know you're on the run. We know that there's a bounty on you guys. And I really don't want to go after your husband because he has a small bounty, and I don't deal with that. But, you know, I do have some questions. We get to see uh, a little tuffle between Asimov and Spike, uh, who lays out Spike within seconds after choking him out. 
we get another scene of Spike catching up to Asimov one more time. And they actually get into a fight, which is pretty fun because this is where you get more of that jazz, more of that, um, that blues type of music um, happening while the fight's happening. It's so fantastic because the way Spike fights matches the music. It's just fantastic. It looks like he's dancing. It looks like he's dancing throughout the whole episode while he's fighting. And that That's like brilliant. It just matches together. It just flows so well. And definitely gets the upper hand on Asimov until goons start coming again, shooting up the place, and the violence kicks in once again. People getting shot. Things are happening. Martial arts is happening all over the place. People are getting kicked in the face. Noses are getting broken. Teeth are flying everywhere. And, of course, a couple do flee away again. Uh, we get to see Spike go on a chase after both of these um, criminals. And we see Asimov, while flying, trying to take more bloody eye because he's so addicted. As he's flying, he definitely sees police up ahead. And to the point he's not listening to anybody. He's pushing her around. He does not care what he's doing whatsoever. He's going full throttle into the police. We see Spike chasing him from behind saying... We don't really know Spike's intentions. We don't know if he's trying to stop them or capture them. Because he sees the police at the same time too. But maybe he feels sympathy for um, Katrina. So it's hard to say at that moment in time. But the heartbreaking part of this episode is we see... Spike looking at her, knowing that there's police ahead. We see Asimov tweaking out because he's on red eye, and she pulls a trigger and shoots him right in the head, knowing that they're about to get caught, knowing that she'll never go to Mars and live the lavish lifestyle that she wants. Um, we also get a little peek when the cops do start shooting at the spaceship. Once they start shooting at it, it hits her belly once you're thinking oh my god a baby just died on screen right now but we get to see that she's holding more of the bloody eye inside her oh by her waist in a way so it looks like she's pregnant but she's holding a whole bunch of bloody eye and then that spaceship gets shot down spike bats off and he sees both of these characters is getting murdered uh, in a scene which was like a spaghetti western you know, the bad guys just go full throttle to the cops and don't care whatsoever, Bunny and Clyde in it. And that's how it ended, just both these characters dying and Spike witnessing it. And we get another cutscene where they're back on the bebop and Spike's practicing his martial arts just like they started the episode. And of course, Jet's over here saying, I got food ready. And it's the same food that they started out with because they never collected that bounty. But it kind of sets the tone of the whole series there. It sets the tone because we see Spike very sympathetic to a cause. He, Yeah, he, he knows that there's a bounty. He wants to get that bounty, but there's something more. There's a, there's a tone there. Uh, there's a, a sympathetic tone that he cares about these characters. Maybe not so much for Asimov, but uh, Katarina definitely he cares about in a way where he's like, don't do this, you know, you're making wrong decisions and there could be help so um you know, from this episode that you see here you're going to see a lot of that happening through each session that we talk about in the next couple of weeks but this episode really 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 uh sets the tone there's even a point where um in in mid of the episode where um we get the first altercation between Asimov and, and Spike where he's choking him out. We see her just look at Spike with sympathy as well too and um she utters the word um I'll see you later, cowboy. 
or see you later, Space Cowboy. Excuse me. That's what she said. Uh, see you soon, Space Cowboy. I'm so horrible at this, guys. I'm sorry. I'm just very excited. But yeah, uh, it, it just it sticks with him. And then you, it's, it's, he, basically, it's an exchange of feelings that they know each other in a way that it's very sympathetic. I'm not too sure how to describe it. It's just it's, it's very impactful. You get that from both characters. Let me talk about the animation. The animation is fantastic. If you haven't seen Cowboy Bebop before, you're going to love every piece of the setting, whether it's the space setting, whether it's the look of Tijuana, whether it's uh, the character's designs. You know, Asimov, long hair, don't care, big eyes, wearing a trench coat. Katrina, you know, wearing a red dress, more of like a like a wine-colored dress as well, too. Very innocent as well, too. Spike, very slender and sleek. Um, Jet, very bulky and and brute um you know it's it's the character designs are just fantastic and over the next couple of episodes we're going to be seeing these different characters that are, are very vivid um you know they're very out there and i'm excited for that this really does set the tone you get the um the very very slow dramatic storytelling with action scenes that really kick ass you get a sympathetic background you get easter eggs and you get comedy as well, too. It's all in this episode. If you're not in Cowboy Bebop while watching this episode, you're not going to like it whatsoever. Because this is basically how each episode is. Sometimes more episodes have more action, but it really is this style. This style, whether it's the comedy, whether the craziness, the moodiness, the philosophical journeys of someone trapped and needing to leave or wanting more or wanting a better life. Um, lives intertwining with each other uh, with coincidences like her saying that she wanted to go to Mars but him saying that he wanted to get out of Mars you know it's, it's so many different things that intertwine this episode that means so much so definitely check it out hopefully you guys have watched this before or are gonna watch it now because I introduced you to it that'd be fantastic if I did that for any kind of person Cowboy Bebop is in a league of his own and it's a huge undertaking for me to even try to do this because as you see right now I'm slipping I'm slandering I'm going all over the place but um, I'm trying my best I know I missed out some key parts there, especially with, um, we get to see a fight scene with, um, Jet in a way in a bar with some goons, which is pretty cool as well, too. You get to see that he's not a guy that cooks, he's a guy that can manhandle people as well, too. Um, but there's definitely room, um, to grow when it comes to these episodes. We're gonna be having a lot of fun here. This is just my first one going with the first episode. As we get along, it's gonna be a ride. I promise you that. So that's really it. That's uh, session one, Asteroid Blues. You get the the sadness from that asteroid of what happened at the end of the episode of her of this couple dying and really the innocence lost on this asteroid in Tijuana in TJ. Um, that's it for me, guys. I'm Val Cisco. Hopefully, you guys did enjoy this episode. Um, I'm going to be doing these once a week. We're going to be going through all the episodes, and we're going to be having some fun. You know what? Um, hopefully, if you guys want to talk to me about this, I'm on Instagram at Val Cisco, on Twitter at Uncanny underscore V. Um, if you guys want to talk about things on Sideshow Conversations, we have a page on Facebook called Sideshow Conversations. We have discussion boards and things of that nature. Um, and also on Instagram at Sideshow Conversations as well, too. Where we just post up pictures and have a couple of theme days as well, too. So it's pretty fun. Subscribe, like, 
um, rate, review, spot sideshow conversations is on Anchor. It's on Spotify and iTunes. Please just let me know how we're doing over here. Let me know if um, you enjoyed this episode or if you thought it was a piece of shit. You know, that'd be cool too. Any criticism is good criticism. I welcome it all. Anyway, guys, I am out of here. See you later, Space Cowboy.